So there's there's a lot of turmoil going on in my life, and that you know almost dying experience for me was it gave me pause to ask myself: Am I living to my potential? Am I living the way that I want to? Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 121. We're Finn and Emma, and we just want to quickly say that we hope everyone out there is hanging in there during this very difficult time for many people. You know, thank you so much for listening to the show, and we hope that we can give you just a little bit of joy and make you laugh. Yeah, and I think maybe with the little opening clip there, you're probably thinking, boy, this is going to be a heavy one. But we've got a little surprise second bonus clip here because we try not to open the show with swear words just in case you're like getting in the car with your kids and your podcast player (laughs) starts playing our podcast. At least it's something that you wouldn't be upset with them hearing. Most of the time. So right here, we're going to drop the lighthearted version of what I wanted to put at the intro, but decided not to. Right. Would you, would you fuck a cowboy? And I'm like, am I allowed to? He's like, yeah. He's like, would you fuck two cowboys? I'm like, well, I mean, like DP is on, is like one of my favorite porn categories. And he was like, what? Mind blown. Like had no idea that was even at all on my radar. Um, so I didn't even know if she masturbated at the time. And we're back. And we're back. So I'm thinking you don't have to stop at two cowboys. <laughs> no. I would you have numerous cowboys. I'd seven. Yeah. Seven or eight cowboys. Why not? Why yeah. not? I don't see a problem with that. So anyway, the long story short, this is a fun and amazing interview with Aubrey and Jason. They are the creators of the newish blog called Meet the Mavericks. And it is not really a swinging blog at all. It's more of a just a blog about their lives. Yeah, and, life blog. And living open and all of the, the amazing things that they're doing. And I think you probably can guess that there is some non-monogamy woven in there. Yes, there is. So we hope you enjoy it. Please check it out. Uh, and, and also, really quick, there is a little another bonus. This is a double bonus episode. Double bonus episode. Uh, Partway through the interview, Emma got a phone call and it was really late at night and she was worried about who it was. So while she was talking, uh, actually Aubrey left as well. And so Jason and I were just talking and the conversation was pretty good, but it didn't really fit with what we were talking about. So I kind of cut it out and stuck it at the end. And so stick around after the outro and you get a little bonus action. Little bonus, Finn and Jason. And uh, one of the most hilarious bloopers we've ever had on the show. That's true, yes. A few quick announcements as normal. Um, Our next Patreon Q&A call will be May 13th. That's a Wednesday. We do a Q&A call, a video Q&A, at 9 p.m. Eastern and another one at 9 p.m. Pacific. If you want to check those out, we would love to have more people on them. Uh, Not that we don't love the group that attends every month, but we, of course, want more people and to grow the community. So please check out our Patreon to join. Uh, The other thing I wanted to announce quickly is that we've also just started a women's group. And 
also part of the Patreon. So go and check it out. Yeah. And one thing that we just wanted to touch on really quick is that in the past, we've talked about other resources like my one condoms and STD check and and you can still get to all of those. But we really in the quarantine times, as we're now referring to, and we've really been trying to focus on building community and really building up the things that we can do with the Patreon group and just in around the show in general. So we're we're working on some new things and hopefully we will be able to share all of that with you guys soon. And just thank you to everybody who's uh, supporting us through Patreon and who's showing up and bringing awesome conversation and helping build the community. You guys are all amazing and thank you. You can find us at our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And there's a contact us page. Go send us an email, send us a voicemail. We love to hear from you. And you can also find the resources as well as show notes with pictures of most of our guests. Including today's and yes. the Cowboys. Yes. I don't I don't think the Cowboys actually. <laughs> Depends how you define a cowboy. Yeah, it's true. There's, there's, any of them could be cowboys. I don't but. know if that's how it works, but okay. <laughs> All right, let's go talk to Aubrey and Jason, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome, Jason and Aubrey. Aubrey and Jason. To Hello. The, <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. We've, we're excited to have you on, and we've just been talking a little bit about your mission and all the things that you're you're spreading out there in the world and we're we'll get to all that but we're super excited to have you on yeah for the for the listeners and people who obviously don't know uh you could you introduce yourselves a little bit um i'm aubrey i'm the wife of this duo um definitely not the brains but maybe the personality (laughs) um we've been together for almost 12 years and we've been married 10 years this year been open for two and a half years three years yeah about that yeah uh, we have a little one. We have a four-year-old, and we're supremely happy. So we just wanted to talk to people who who are interested. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm 38, and like we were talking about before we got rolling, um, we're just happy to share our story and spread a message of love. Really, just let everyone know what this is about. At least our perspective, because we we feel good about it, and we feel like we have a healthy viewpoint on the way that we operate. Yeah. No, it's exciting. And and again, we'll we'll get to it in a few minutes. But part of what's really exciting is that you two have uh, thrown caution to the wind and, and decided to come out fully and who you are and share it with the world. And I think that's something that maybe we're a little envious of and we're we're excited to promote anybody who's doing that in life. So, I mean, before we get there, thank you for, for that. And we're excited to, to share the story. You're welcome. We're excited too. So maybe let's start by taking us back a little way. So you said you've been married for 10 years together for 12, right? Mm -hmm. Often, but only open for like two and a half or three. So in those first years before you became open, was there any sort of talk about it or fantasy or conversation at all? Um, No, the first, I would say eight years were pretty quiet actually in terms of just kind of all things um, sexually related. I mean, we always had great sexual chemistry. We've always been just like very enamored with each other, but I came from a little bit more of a private background and, um, you know, a background of not really supposed to talk about those things, you know? So I always felt desires. I always felt fantasies. There were things that would bump around in my mind, but I just felt like, well, you don't act on it. You just you think about them and then you, you know, maybe play with yourself with thinking about them. And then you don't talk to your husband about them. Like I was, I was guilty of being that that, that typical, I've been married eight years and this is how things go kind of wife. And then it was more Jason who just kind of started to 
to break open a conversation starting with fantasies. And that was around year eight. And it was slow moving at first, you know, the fantasies talk was just like hypotheticals at first, you know, if you, if you could like sleep with a, a movie star, who would it be? And I would get this like tension of like, well, am I allowed to, am I allowed to have a movie star? Even though I could like rattle off three or three to 10 off the top of my head immediately. Like I had thought about these things, but it just, it wasn't a conversation between us. Um, so he started the conversation and it's just been like a really great progression from there. So the last three years has been building on just fantasy talk. By the way, her celebrity island is Jason Momoa, Henry Cavill, and some other superhero that I don't look like. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is one. You look like him. <laughs> yeah, but that was a fun game. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed throwing out that hypothetical, you know, asking her who would be on her celebrity island, who, and strictly for sex. I didn't want to hear that she wanted Will Ferrell or some funny guy there because that didn't turn me on to think about her having sex with them. So... <laughs> it was fun hearing the celebrities that she was attracted to. And then as I gained momentum in that, and we kind of opened up a little bit of trust and communication, then it was like, okay, what about people we know? Is there anyone you know that you would have sex with if you just had like a hall pass? And that brought it closer to home. You know what I mean? That was a little bit more taboo, a little bit more like, I don't know if this is okay. Are you going to trust me to be around this person now? And we're, now that I've told you that. And so there are just little steps in breaking down the walls and opening communication because as you guys know, that's where it all starts is just open communication. And Jason's always been a little bit more um, sexually free than I have been. Like, I think when we first started having the, the, these conversations, he knew what he was capable of in terms of his capacity to, to connect with other people. He knew it was a, a possibility. So, you know, he just kind of started gauging my responses. And, and even when I was resistant, there was like a part of me that definitely wanted to I wanted to join him. I wanted to have fun with this. I wanted to, to go in a direction that, you know, nobody we knew had ever gone in before. Like it it was exciting. I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie, but it took, it took about nine months before we decided to actually make it like make something happen. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was actually a really pivotal point in our life because up until that point, we kind of knew what our future looked like. We, you know, I had my, the job that I was going to have for the next 30 years and all within like a year to a year and a half, our daughter was born. I got shot several times and I used to be in law enforcement. And uh, as a result of that, I got medically retired from my job. So there's, there's a lot of turmoil going on in my life. And that, you know, almost dying experience for me was, it gave me pause to ask myself, am I living to my potential? Am I living the way that I want to? I really cared about being a, a SWAT guy and, you know, it's an, a noble profession, but what's more important is being a good husband and a good father to my daughter. And so once I started thinking that way, it just, I just started looking at every aspect of my life. Am I living to the fullest potential? Am I getting the most out of my life that I can? And I didn't feel that I was. And as a result, you know, we, we had had some issues in the past with our relationship. I had been unfaithful to her before and we had, uh, that was hard. That was a really trying time in our in our lives. And once we kind of crawled out of that hole and learned how to start communicating with one another and got back to a good footing, that's when we started talking about this stuff. But it was actually kind of difficult to bring this up on the heels of, hey, I had been unfaithful to you. And now I want to bring up a conversation where we're going to talk about having sex with other people. And the, the difficult thing about that is I think a lot of people would see that, you know, see that there was 
that kind of an unfaithful situation. And a lot of people would say, okay, well, because of that, this is why you're doing what you're doing. And I would say that's true, but not for the reasons that people would think. The reason it's true is because after that happened, we both had to sit down and, and dissect what happened in our marriage. You know, what, how did this happen? It's not like he was unfaithful because I'm the like quintessential best wife that's given him everything. And he's just, you know, of flandering husband. Obviously it was a breakdown that got to a point where he was, he was open to something else. So after that, we had a lot of conversations. It required us to have, you know, the, the most raw, real painful conversations. You know, we had to sit down and, and tell each other what we were disappointed in. And it, it allowed me an opportunity to see my participation in the past, especially when it comes to sex. So I actually like once, once the immediate, you know, disaster of, <laughs> of an affair, once, once that, um, initial recovery begins to happen, it creates this really opp- great opportunity to build something new, you know, to, to reevaluate what is it that we want? Okay. So that marriage that we were, that we were living in that died, you know, it, we can't get back to where we were. So now that we're reborn, what's this going to look like? Um, so I considered it a great opportunity to start listening, you know, not, not fill in the blanks for him, but start listening to what it is that he was trying to tell me. Cause he tried to tell me, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't hearing him. He probably wasn't hearing me. We weren't listening to each other. So after that, we started listening to each other. And because of that, it allowed us to like have some, um, some fun with sex, you know, it's like, okay, this happened now. Now let's get back on track. What do we want this to look like? Because we don't ever want to get there again. We want to be like badass couple that, (laughs) you know, that was able to see hard times in the marriage and, uh, make it through and be even better for it. I mean, I can't imagine I'm, I'm exponentially happier today than I was the day I got married and I was happy the day I got married. Um, so if it wasn't for any of that, then we wouldn't be having these conversations. We'd both be living probably duplicitous lives in some way. You know, I would be one way with him and another way in my head, he would be one way with me and another way um, with who knows what. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's really hard with, you know, there's been some trauma and it's hard to not wish any of that happened because it led us to where we're at, Mm -hmm. you know, as a result of all those things that I laid out, we are where we are. And so I'm grateful for all the lessons. I thank you for sharing all that because it's, I mean, it's powerful and we appreciate it. Maybe just trying to line up the timelines was the the conversations where you started talking about Chris Hemsworth on the island. Was that, was that in response to the affair or were, or did these sort of intertwine in any way or was that sort no, of that too was- separate? Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no. Go ahead. That was, it was after. So I think by the time we started talking about, fantasy island and stuff like that i would say at that point we were we were kind of past recovery mode and it felt right it didn't feel like a forced conversation it didn't feel like a conversation that was happening to get us out of something it felt like we had kind of closed the door on what had happened and we had learned a lot about each other and we learned a lot about our marriage and it was like that jumping on the momentum of like okay like (laughs) we survived some shit together So like, let's, let's have some fun. So the conversations when it started with Celebrity Island, it was like the beginning of us kind of having a new relationship and Mm -hmm. starting that new relationship on a more honest and a 
a more open, a freer foot, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think with him being in law enforcement, when we met and me just being kind of like a, a closed off person, uh, we would never be able to have those conversations. And then we had to do a little uh, autopsy of our marriage as we knew it. And because of that, we now uh, we're just open yeah. and free. So when the conversations went from fantasy to, and they started getting probably progressively realer and realer and realer, was there, I guess, what was that like? Was that, was it a scary moment where you were kind of like, you does it bring up the old trauma or are you completely past it at that point and you're ready to like see what that is and explore it? I was terrified because <laughs> she's my soulmate. I love this woman so much. I mean, I, I want to be with her after I die. I hope our spirits can find each other and onto the next journey. Right. So she's my person and I hurt her really, really bad. I also had feelings inside of me that I, I couldn't really let go. I'm a really sexual being. I couldn't turn off a wandering eye. If I saw a beautiful woman, I liked looking and and I would beat myself up and feel horrible. And I was tired of just always hating myself for doing something I felt like I couldn't help. So, you know, some time had gone by from where we addressed the affair and we got to a good place with each other. And so to bring up a topic where I wanted to talk about, you know, being intimate with other people was really scary because I'm like, Hey, we're back in a good place now. But I I went into it with the principle of, you know, if we can handle that, certainly we can handle a conversation, right? Let's just open conversation. And it's all about creating a space to have that conversation, having a talk before the conversation where it's like, hey, I want to say some things to you. I don't know how you're going to take it. I don't assume you're going to take it negatively, but I'm afraid that you might. So I'm asking you to give me the space to just let out some feelings and... We'll, we'll talk about it there. And, and if I say something that offends you, I'm sorry. I'll do a better job of explaining. That's not my intention. My intention is to grow stronger with you and fall more in love with you by having this conversation. So I always find sometimes it's best to have a difficult conversation if you preface it with a, a little disclaimer about how it might go. You can say, I've been thinking about this. I don't know how it's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> if I step on it, then I'm, I'm give me a chance. Let me try to correct myself. But I want to do this with the goal of getting somewhere even better together. Yeah. And and I think I had learned, you know, not to create, not to write my narrative of what he's saying. You know, so when he started to bring these things up and he prefaced conversations with things like that, like I want to have, I want to have fun with this. I love you. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think about it? And he would prompt me with these um, you know, different hypotheticals. I would have these kind of knee-jerk reactions of can he just not like, am I just not enough for him? So I would have that, that reaction at first, but then fairly quickly after that, that reaction, I would remember that what I'm doing now is I'm trying to listen to him and what he's, what he's coming. He, he could be talking to anybody about this right now, but he's coming to me. He, which is telling me he wants this to work with us. He wants to have, you know, transparency with me. So he's coming to me with his desires and his thoughts and, I thought it was incredibly bold and brave. And I think it would be hypocritical of me to just allow him space to talk openly and then immediately shut him down because, uh, because I'm uncomfortable because I don't know anything. So, so I kind of just followed him. I followed his lead. He knew how he felt and he asked the right questions. So it, it kind of planted a seed for me. Like he would ask me questions and then I would think about him. And the more I would think about him, the more I'm like, well, that can be fun. And 
he would just kind of water those seeds and let them grow. You know, I never felt any pressure to make anything happen. I never felt any pressure to have a conversation that I wasn't ready for. So he was just so gentle, but also like such a a fierce leader. And I think heading into these types of dynamics, you know, if there's one, one person that's a little bit more into it than the other person, the, the leader really needs support. You know, the person that's proposing these things that are scary and, and possibly detrimental to the relationship if it's not handled well, I just wanted to support him. And I wanted him to know whatever he had to say to me, it was okay. I mean, again, we had already been through an affair. We already talked about like the hardest things people could talk about. We already heard the worst about each other from each other's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this these kind of conversations were were easy. It was just a matter of adjustment and and taking time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Until it got fun. It got fun pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it started to get fun. You know, I, I had made a decision way before we started talking about any of this that I wasn't going to hold him hostage. You know, any conversation that we had from there on out, it didn't have to be like because of this thing that happened, you know? So for me, when we started having these conversations, it was just new conversations, you know, and it was, and I had to proceed with an open mind. And again, he made it, he made it fun for me. So we had those conversations start with, you know, your celebrity Island. And then I think the the pivotal moment for us was we were watching a show called Westworld. Um, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with Westworld, but you know, you can go to the old West and do whatever. So we were watching and Jason was like, if you went back to, if you went to the to Westworld, what would you do? And I'm like, Oh, I'd get in a bar fight. And he was, he like, he was visibly kind of disappointed. Like you're you getting a bar fight. Really? He's like, uh, I would definitely have orgies. And then I'm like, well, of course you would have orgies. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know, I'd like, that would be cool. And he said, well, would you, would you, would you fuck a cowboy? And I'm like, am I allowed to? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, would you fuck two cowboys? And I'm like, well, I mean, like DP is on, is like one of my favorite porn categories. And he was like, what? Mind blown. Like had no idea that was even at all on my radar. Um, so I didn't even know if she masturbated at the time. Like, <laughs> we, we had good sex together, but I didn't know what was in her head. Uh-huh. I didn't know what she did when I wasn't there. So hearing my sweet little wife, who I don't even know if she's masturbating when I'm not home, just told me DP is her category. And my head about exploded. <laughs> so I was like, let's do that. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I let him into like the 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 really dirty stuff you know like for me it was like okay what if i can talk about that then now you know the way i operate i do operate in the way that that you're hoping i operate you know that's what he wanted to hear so as soon as i said that i think it just kind of cracked open uh even just like more more communication when it came to that type of thing um so we went some time just kind of talking about it and it, it would turn us on and at the time uh craigslist was kind of a thing we would go on craigslist and and look for who knows what. I don't know what we would look for, but we would end up... I do. I remember this. Um, <laughs> we were looking for for people that wanted to have sex. I mean, they were like putting themselves out there. But really what would happen is we'd go scrolling through the photos and what we were finding is not what we wanted to find. We ended up just little by little, our faces were kind of scrunching up as we're watching, looking at these pictures and we're getting less turned on. And by the end of it, it was like, Hey, do you want to go watch the office? (laughs) These people are not going to (laughs) work. It didn't go in the direction we thought, but it was still fun to do. So it was, it was just cool to have that journey of going from, you know, pretty, like pretty tightly. Like for me, I was pretty tightly wound when it came to talking about any of this and flash forward just a few months, we're on Craigslist looking for people 
So if you had found somebody, would had the discussion gotten to the point where like you would go through with it? Like if if somebody came along and you're scrolling and you're like, oh, that caught your eye. Like had the conversation gotten real enough that it was like, yeah, we would actually go meet this person and potentially do the thing that we've been talking about doing. Yeah, we had connected with a couple people and, you know, we did a little bit of a, like a chat exchange. And I think I could tell I, I was excited, but I just didn't have that thing yet where I was like, okay, let's go through it. So I think a couple of times we connected with people, I pumped the brakes, like I'm not quite ready, but even having those conversations was getting me ready. And I knew it. Also at the time she had never even like kissed a girl. So the idea of having a threesome with a woman was was kind of, it was really foreign. And I knew in her mind, the first fantasy she went to was with another guy. And so I said, let's, let's do that. Let's do that kind of a threesome, have another guy. I'm not bisexual, but I would love to overwhelm you with somebody like that sounds awesome. And, and also showed trust. You know what I mean? It showed her that this wasn't a selfish thing. It was selfless. I'm happiest when she's happy. And if, if I could help her live out a fantasy, touchdown that's exactly what i want to do so so her not being into women at the time or not knowing what her where her sexuality lies in that arena it was it was challenging because mm-hmm. it wasn't as simple as let, let's just find somebody it'll be fun sex it was also how do i feel about doing that you mm-hmm. know with, with another woman yeah like what am i open to does that excite me again i didn't want to just say yes because this is a something that's on the table i want to be excited you know yeah. we should be coming in in this mutually so i liked the idea of like having an experience i just didn't know what that was gonna look like the first time around right and also at the time even i didn't know anything i didn't know what polyamory was i didn't know i didn't know all the titles you know open relationship swinger like i didn't i didn't know any of that i just thought it'd be fun if we were having sex with other people together i didn't understand the depth that this could go to and how we could evolve our relationship in that regard so it at the time when we got started, this was just heavily sexually based. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. we, we didn't even want to have an emotional connection with people. We didn't think that would really be something that would interest us. And here we are today with, <laughs> with kind of the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which we'll definitely get to in yeah. a few minutes. But when you first started um, actually with other people and stuff, w- did you experience jealousy? Did you have any of those, um, I guess, hurdles to, to overcome and jealousy is not, it is a hurdle, but it is one that you don't always overcome. Sometimes it comes roaring back to you. So. Speaking back. <laughs> right. And, and also really quick, to, not to, not to override your question, but like, can you take us to the point where you went from Craigslist to maybe making it happen? You don't have to go into all the gory details of it, but like, <laughs> how did it evolve? And then, you know, tying in Emma's question about like, what are some of the things you've had to overcome throughout that? Um, so one of the, one of the things that we found on Craigslist, we were thinking about maybe giving a a woman a massage together and we had met with somebody and I, I vibed with her really well and I thought we could do it, but I still like when we went to go put it on the books, I still had this like reluctancy about it. And it it was primarily a, I, again, I had never been with a woman in any capacity. So I was just trying to figure out what, what I wanted to do. And I couldn't wrap my head around watching him with another woman. I I didn't feel jealous. I just, I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know what that would feel like. So we kind of like put that on the table or pump the brakes on that. And when we were on Craigslist, we had found somebody, a man that I thought was attractive. And he kind of said on Craigslist, Hey, you guys are doing this wrong. 
you should go over to this website, Cassidy. It's a much like it's, a, it's better for what you're looking for. So we went over to Cassidy, filled out a profile. That was exciting. Again, it was kind of like for me, like, oh, this is real. Like we're really pursuing something. So every time we kind of broke past these like new comfort zones, it it kind of helped me push out of my own comfort zones because I wanted to. I was I was hungry to to grow in that area. It just I didn't know how. So the same guy found us on Cassidy, and I told Jason, I'm like, well. Like we're looking at all these people. I'm like, I'm kind of into this guy. Like I, I feel like this is somebody that like he he knows what he's talking about. He seems to be kind of a mentor. He's experienced. He's attractive. So we set up a, a thing with him, and he came over, and we had a really good night. Yeah, it was awesome. It was freaking amazing. Great like experience. It as soon as he walked in the door, before he walked in the door, I was like, I had a little bit to drink, not a lot, but just a little bit, and I was feeling like sexy. Like I, I don't think I. Up until that point, I don't think I'd ever like experienced my sexuality like that. You know, to be in a in a place with Jason where we're about to do this thing, like what are we doing right now? It was just like so empowering and um, exciting. So just to even before somebody walked through the door, that moment right before it was just super hot. If nobody had ever come and nothing ever happened, it was hot. So he came, it was amazing, and he came to pun intended. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> So, several times. <laughs> <laughs> so it was awesome. And when he left and we debriefed, I, I like it was just so easy. And he like he didn't seem uncomfortable or jealous. Like our debrief was so much fun. And to, to be the person that experienced like the receiving end of it first and to see like this is this is totally cool. Like I don't I don't have any threatening feelings, threatening to our marriage. I don't have any feelings towards this person that could be seen as negative. Like this is only added to our marriage. This has only been an experience that we'll like, we'll always talk about. It'll always be our first experience. So it was just like so amazing. It gave me that perspective, like straight out the gate. I didn't have to see him with another woman or I didn't have to know how I felt as the first experience. It, I knew how I felt on the receiving end and it was totally fine. So it kind of gave me this, this comfort about like, okay, well, whatever comes next, like I know... I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about what's going to happen if this is another person or another woman or another couple. So jealousy was actually not, not something that sprung up for me early on. I don't um, know about. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I had jealous moments and honestly, never for sexual based things. The first time jealousy for me kind of came around because I enjoy seeing her with someone. I, uh, even when I'm having sex with her, sometimes I'll imagine it's the first time I'm having sex with her. <laughs> like it's the first time I'm sliding inside of her. I really like take my mind there. And so when somebody else is doing that, I'm like, oh, you lucky son of a, like, I know how good that feels. And I just, I feel really good that she's enjoying it. And I'm stoked that this other person is getting to experience like the woman of my dreams. It just makes me happy. So physically, I didn't get jealous until emotions started happening and then and then i was like whoa wait a minute what what did we sign up for here i thought we we're just having sex with people and now i see this connection that's like palpable it's obvious and i had to ask myself like am i supposed to ask her to shut that down now like i invited this into our relationship i kind of have been leading us down this road and suddenly she's got feelings for somebody and navigating that was fun it, it was actually it, it was really cool it was a cool experience conquering getting over hurdles mm -hmm. but i mean I, I think jealousy is a human emotion just like love hate anything i don't think it's possible to say 
I'm completely free of jealousy. It's just a matter of perspective. How do I view the things? Previously, I had a whole laundry list of things that could make me jealous because of my perspective. But now, you know, through time and asking myself the why of everything, you know, if something bothers me, I, I really dig in. Why does that bother me? And I, I never give myself a cop out. I'll, I'll never just say, well, because it makes me uncomfortable. That's not good enough. Like, why does it make me uncomfortable? And I would just like really get in my head about it. Like, why am I feeling insecure or jealous? And nine times out of 10, it's because I, I had my own issue to deal with. And once I moved myself around the problem, looked at it from a different angle, I was able to change my perspective and the problem goes away, which means more room for fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think we've um, we've identified that we really live in a dynamic where we feel conversion, where we legitimately, I am the most happy when he's happy. He is the most happy when I'm happy. So kind of the antithesis to jealousy is happiness, right? Or is somebody else's happiness. So if I've ever felt jealous, I can usually identify pretty quickly that it's about my insecurities. Like, what is it that I'm insecure about? You know, that if I can tell that this, this person and Jason have a really strong physical connection, you know, like, is it stronger than mine? Who cares? Like, I, we're not comparing here. Like, this is not, it's not about who's better than me. Um, so. Which for the record, there's nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but even if there was, even if there was, you know, that when we've had these conversations, like I, I just want him to experience so many good things and I want him to experience things that maybe I can't give him. So if he's really excited to go on a date, instead of feeling jealous that he's, you know, revved up, like maybe he's more excited for this date, then this still doesn't make sense because you're, you're always the most excited for dates with me. Of course. So, you know, it's never a matter of comparison, but I love it. You're going to win no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it when he experiences something for the first time, you know, when he has a flood of emotions or a really great date or really great sex. So the things that people identify as, you know, the reasons for, for being jealous, I embrace those things. That means he's happy. And that's, that's really what turns me on. It's what makes me the most happy is, is seeing him happy. So jealousy is like, uh, we haven't had to deal with it too much. Right. No, and, and and I keep myself in check by reminding myself. I constantly ask three questions, or I tell myself three things. Actually, is um, no one is going to love her more than I do. We've been through so much together. I know her like we can share a thousand words with a look. That's we're we're really connected. No one's going to love her more than I do. No one's going to be a better father to my daughter than I'm going to be, and I know she knows that. And um, third, no one's going to fuck her better than I do because I know her so well. Like I know what she likes. I, I know what she's into. I know her mind. Like I don't have to worry about that. I'm always going to be a number one. And so having that confidence kind of makes jealousy a, a non-issue. There's no, there's no competing. No one can compete for my spot. So it just is a matter of me seeing her happy. And I think we found early on. So, you know, we had this like first experience with a man. And then after that, we started meeting couples. We met like quite a few couples in the beginning. So we had a lot of new experiences. And in the beginning, I think we had some rules, you know, I I don't really remember what the rules were. Like we could, we could do it. We weren't ever like a soft swap couple or anything. We've always been open sexually, but we always chatted together. We would do like a kick chat. Um, We didn't do anything separately. And there were kind of certain boundaries. And I think having rules and boundaries 
pretty much were the only times that we got jealous because at that point it was like, well, you know, you're going beyond the boundary here. Like, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to do that. And they were kind of arbitrary boundaries. They were just boundaries and set because we didn't know what we were doing. So over time, we just kind of learned like, there are no rules. Just, <laughs> you know, we, we both, we trust that no matter what we're into, we're going to put each other first. We're always going to put our relationship first. So beyond that, if we don't have boundaries, if we don't have rules, then we don't have this like opportunity to say, oh, well, you, you know, you did this. That's not okay. It's just, we kind of, once we cast that yeah. wayside, we, yeah. we kind of remedied the jealousy that, that was maybe there in the beginning. Yeah. It's interesting because it's, I think we've, we've heard that a lot from people where you're not even really like you set up, you set an arbitrary line, you draw an arbitrary line in the sand and somebody crosses it and you're not really mad about the thing that they did. Like that was great. You're they're, you're happy. They were happy, but it's really the fact that the line was crossed and you're like, well, if we hadn't put the line there to begin with, there, there wouldn't be anything to be upset about. Cause I'm right. not upset about the thing you did. And yeah. so, but it's, and, you know, on the flip side, it's hard because I think sometimes people, they use rules as a, to make them feel safer. Like if I put these rules in place, I'm in control. Mm -hmm. And I think the first time somebody breaks that rule and you're like, well, so much for being in control. And you realize mm -hmm. that you don't have control of the situation, even if you think you do. So mm -hmm. yeah, not to say that people should just throw all the rules out the window on day one. I think that there's still a place for them and it's, it can really help people build that trust, right? If you say, we're going to do this, this, and this, even though I know you're willing and ready to go way past it, I'm not. And you can be that person who says, I'm going to respect that line. And then the next time you do it, the line gets moved and the next time it gets moved. So I'm, I still think there's a really, a really valuable place for that. But mm -hmm. I think when the rules get broken, people really, it opens their mind that like the rule was almost a little arbitrary at times. Yeah. And we would try to like pre-plan everything that could happen. You know, in, in these early meetings with people, we would try to pre-plan every possible outcome of this thing. And inevitably, we'd go into it like solid. We got this. Like nothing can surprise us. And then something surprises us. And it's like, oh, we didn't account for that. You know, I didn't think that would be an issue. So we kind of just got to the point where it was like, let's just count on not knowing and let's stop trying to possess one another. I think that you're going to just do everything that you think is beneficial for our relationship. And I'm going to do the same. I won't try to do anything to hurt us. And if I do, or you do, we'll just talk about it and fix it. You know, like, cause that's going to happen. Right. The, the situations where one person does something, the other person didn't like is bound to happen. Mm -hmm. like, look what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and I think it, you know, it's, it's just different for each couple, each individual, you know, there are some couples that have been doing this a really long time and they, they work under a certain structure and it works for them. Um, and I think for us, it, this process wasn't really about, you know, satisfying just sexual desires and we're going to stay there. You know, this is, this is what we want to do. And then when we're not doing that, it's just you and I, and we're closed off. I think our, our intention was always just to, to grow, to see what we're capable of. And, um, you know, it just never really resonated with us to say, okay, you can experience this and you can enjoy yourself, but only so much you have to stop here. And, you know, you can never count on the variable of other people. So when, when you're, the whole thing is including other people, inviting other people into your relationship, whether it's an emotional connection, a physical connection, a mental connection, you're inviting people in and inevitably 
<laughs> things are going to happen organically. And, you know, feelings might like feelings might come on really strong, really early. You might have a really intense sexual connection with somebody. And if you feel like you're not allowed to, then that's the beginning of, of when you stop communicating, yeah. you know? So I, I think that's where kind of what you were saying is, you know, the, the rules are great to make people feel safe. And if you, if you abide by them, then eventually you just feel safer in, until you have no more rules. Right. It's fun talking about this because it's been so long since I thought about like the early days. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I do remember things like, you know, if she would have an orgasm with somebody in a position that she doesn't with me or like really fast, that I, I would kind of wonder like, what's going on? Like, is this guy better than I am? Is, is his dick better than mine? What's going on? What, what's going on that that happened? And then it just really comes down to like understanding the mental side of it, you know? Like there's things that turn me on so much I could come in 10 seconds too. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you have to give your partner that freedom and, and not hold it against them when that happens. You know, I think it's awesome. I, why would I hold that against her? <laughs> right. Right. So where, I guess, where are you today? Like, what does it look like today? It sounds like it was Craigslist, Cassidy, meeting couples. Like mm -hmm. how, how has it evolved and where is it today? Right. Yeah. To try to sum up like three years of really like we've had a busy three years, right? Like we've, we've made a lot of progress in this world in three years. Um, so we went from Cassidy, met a, a handful of couples. It was really hard to find a four-way connection. I think most people in the lifestyle understand that. And primarily it was me. It was, it was me not being attracted or having a connection with the male half. And, uh, it got to a point where I kind of, I didn't really like saying no to everything. And, and we had had some really, we had just so many great experiences, but I think we had gotten to a point where we just felt like you can, like, if you're interested in somebody, you can go do your own thing. Like go on a date, go get coffee. Like we don't have to do everything together. We were so comfortable. We were so confident in what we had. There was never, it didn't feel like we were threatened at all. So we started going over to like Bumble and Tinder. We still had Cassidy and we still, you know, communicated with people on Cassidy, but then we started kind of branching into the single worlds on Bumble and Tinder. And which also puts you on the map, right? And now you start people, you know, start seeing you on there. Right. And now the rumors start happening where <laughs> I, people think Jason's having an affair or whatever the right. rumor mill comes up with, you know, how that goes. Yeah. Once you put yourself on Bumble and Tinder and things like that word is out yeah so we've like slowly had to adjust to you know oh, this person knows okay i'm gonna tell this person like it's been as we've grown we've also grown in our ability to talk openly with other people about what we do so we for for a while we were dating people together dating people separately around that time we also solidified some really strong relationships so like some of our best friends still we met on Cassidy. Um, we've met some really amazing people on Bumble and Tinder. So we saw this transition of, you know, starting with experiences that were very sexually based. And through those experiences, we craved connections. You know, we, we wanted to see these people again, but there were majority of the people we met, we just, we had a great time. And then we kind of parted ways. That's not really what we wanted. So as we started to, to connect with people, we, we started craving that. So we, the more friends we we solidified through Cassidy and Bumble and Tinder, the less interested we were even in finding um, new people for a while. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of like dug into those relationships. And if, if either of us met people, um, you know, we call it in the wild, like we're just out in public or, or whatever. I think it became, it started to become a little bit more about finding our tribe 
versus finding sexual experiences. We were lucky enough to get a lot of our stuff checked off the list. We went to, um, we went to some like, you know, parties, plush parties and things like that. So we really tried to experience everything. And we found within probably like the first year and a half that we transitioned out of being sexually focused into relationship focused. Yeah. At this point, if, if I don't want to sit and have a conversation with the person, I also don't want to have sex with them. You know, it just, it, that, that's fun when it's new. We're doing something that we haven't done together before. But at this point, I just want to surround myself with people that I can grow with and learn from. And that's what we've done. Like we have the most awesome tribe of friends. I mean, they know more about us than our families do. And uh, it's just, it's been really, really awesome that there are people in our lives that I love so, so much. One of them lives with us now. <laughs> One of our, our girlfriends lives up in uh, upstairs and that's, that's pretty recent. You know, she just moved in, but it's cool to be in a place where, that's a non-issue. We all live in the same house. We all hang out together. We have sex together. <laughs> it's, it's a little slice like of paradise. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got friends all over the place. Unfortunately, none of them are really local other than the one now, but you know, I've got a, a girlfriend in New Zealand. I love to death and her husband is freaking awesome too. They live in Vegas. I'll go out there and hang out with them in Vegas for a day or two. They come here and hang out with us. So, we make time for the people that matter to us. And, and through those relationships, I'm learning and I'm growing, um, you know, through my girlfriend, she's been teaching me like Tantra and Tantra massage and things like that. I never had anything. I never knew anything about that. And so because of these experiences, you know, I'm growing and I think it's, we're growing as a couple. I think we're growing independently. The, the interesting thing I think about the lifestyle is, you know, when you meet new people, you have to kind of have this, this the same honesty and the same communication that we exercise at home you kind of have to that has to bleed into your external relationships too you know why would we be so open with each other and then meet new people and not be equally open that's just not what we're seeking we're we're seeking authentic relationships because of that you know you get really close to people and you like i can tell my friends in the lifestyle anything uh people you know our vanilla friends like we can't talk to them about a lot of things, or if we do, we just end up feeling kind of weird. So, you know, some of it's sexually based, but we'll call our, our lifestyle friends if there's something serious going on in our lives. You know, they just, they know us so well. Um, so to have that kind of external support system and just to have people, you know, love you, to see that we're capable of that, to see that we're capable of loving each other so intensely. And then also it's, it's grown our capacity to just love not only our friends, but just to to, to exist in that state rather than living in a state of misery or fear, or, you know, you guys kind of asked about jealousy earlier. And I think jealousy has never really been too much of an issue for us, but I know for myself, it's been fear. Like I've always been riddled with fear, fear of the unknown, you know, fear of what if we do something and we can't undo it. And now that I live in a, a place where I'm just, I feel so, so much gratitude and so much love and so much pleasure and so much sexuality like i just feel like you know since cracking this open and since exploring this world it's just it's only filled our hearts you know it's it's something that if we never had any sexual experiences with anybody else ever again i think we would still operate this way Mm -hmm. you know even if it wasn't a physical thing anymore we would still be looking for those types of relationships and i don't think we would have ever known they existed if it wasn't for the lifestyle (laughs) 
which is funny because again, talking back to like when we were new, we talked about a timeline, like how long are we going to do this? How long are we sexually viable for other people to want to have sex with us? And again, it was very sexually based. And, and now, you know, people ask us all the time, like, what, what do you do if one person wants out and the other person wants to stay in? It's kind of, it's almost not a very, that, that question isn't really good because once you know, you can't unknow. Does that make sense? Like once, once we like learned these things, I can't just unlearn that I can go make awesome connections with people yeah. and have a partner that supports that. So really, I don't think it's possible for one of us to just want out. Mm-hmm. If one of us wanted to, you know, take a break, certainly no problem. I don't care whatever makes her happy. But I think the idea of like shutting down our capacity for love and, and making new connections would probably be impossible at this point. It's just not how we're wired anymore. Right. And we're a unit, but I think more than anything, what, what we embrace is just our like, you know, self-governship basically. Like it would be hard to consider us as monogamous because I think what we understand about each other now is like, whatever, like your thoughts, your mind, your body, your sexuality, that's your own. So he can do whatever he wants and he, he wants to talk to me about it as long as we want to, as long as we choose each other. And as long as we want to communicate about our interests, our fantasies, our desires, our, our fears, then we'll always, we'll always be a good unit. You know, we'll, we'll be together, but it's hard to imagine us being monogamous. You know, I I think now we believe we're just not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to, well, first off, that was all amazing that you said, and thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, I just had, I had a question a little while back and I didn't know quite where to stick it in. So I just want to kind of. That's what she said. I know. (laughs) 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 We've been watching too much office lately. I know. I'm just, I'm going to ask it now. So if somebody is paying attention to the timelines and everything, they might've noticed that you have a four-year-old. You also Mm -hmm. started this like around three-ish years ago, three and a half years ago, which mm-hmm. means you've gone through exploring all of and learning about all this non-monogamy through having having a child and an infant and a toddler. And like, how have you managed that? Because a lot of relationships could not have done both of those things at the same time. Some, some can't even do one of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, our, the choices that we're making, she largely influences because the way that, the way that I'm going to live needs to be an example of something I would be okay with her living, right? It's not okay for me to live away and then tell her not to live that way or to be ashamed of it. And that always early on, I was like, I don't know, we, we probably won't tell her about this. We'll keep this our little secret or, or whatever. And the more that we got into it and the, the relationships that we made, I couldn't be ashamed of those. I, I love those people and I would never denounce them or um, act like we're not something that we are. And so with her, She's been immersed in this her whole life. And and by that, I don't mean we're having sex parties or, you know, doing anything inappropriate in front of a child, but we do have friends that we really care about. And when they're over here, we're very loving on them. So she's never even, she's never seen mom and dad get jealous of one another, but she has seen us holding hands, cuddling, giving a kiss to a friend that that's not even weird to her Mm -hmm. because she's been in that her entire life. So it's not like, you know, some people, I, I imagine it would be challenging if you had a 13 year old and now you decide you want to be open and you've already taught your kid for 13 years, uh, a narrative, right? You've given them this foundation and, and you're doing something different. I think that would probably be hard for people that have to do that. 
Yeah. For us, it was easy because she was barely one and she's going to grow up hearing us talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's only weird if you make it weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if she's just, yeah, that's what mom and dad do. Mom mm-hmm. and dad have other friends that they yeah. care about. They're intimate with them and we won't hide that from her. And, the, and we have people over, like the people that we're affectionate with. First of all, she witnesses affection between us constantly. So I don't think there's, there's a question whether she's unsure about how solid mom and dad are. Like, I think it's very clear to her, mom and dad are like, we're in our own little world and any of our other relationships are so meaningful to us, but they're not the same as mom and dad. Mom and dad will always be mom and dad. But she sees affection, you know, she sees affection between us and our friends. They show her affection. She's incredibly affectionate. I mean, she'll give everybody a hug and kiss. She talks to everybody. So I think by having these really wonderful people and these influences, you know, when we say we want to build our tribe, we really mean that. Like, if you think of a tribal mentality, the whole tribe raises the children, you know? So we were kind of implementing that in our house and we just firmly believe in our responsibility to be honest with her in all things, you know? So the lifestyle, that's, that's one area, but we're also vegan. And that was a big part of the the reason we went vegan is, you know, she needs to know what impact she has on the world. If she chooses to, you know, participate in, uh, in in whatever she, I think she should just know the truth about it. So when we're talking about food, like this is the truth about, food. You know, when we're talking about the way we operate our relationship, she'll know the truth about it. You know, it it doesn't make sense to have conversations about, you know, sex and stuff right now, but eventually, you know, when she's old enough to understand what that means, we'll have those conversations openly with her and it won't be a surprise. You know, it'll be, it'll be like a gradual transition to having the conversation about sex, but leading up till that, she'll also know she won't maybe she, maybe she won't know about the sex part of it, but she'll know how we value ourselves, you know, how I value myself, how dad values himself, how we value our friendships. We want our friendships to be a good example of how people should treat each other, not just mom and dad, but you know, my, some of like the way our girlfriend and I, uh, the way we interact with each other is such a beautiful female relationship, you know? So for our daughter to see two women, you know, again, we don't do anything inappropriate in front of her, but just to see two women being kind to each other and empowering each other and, Um, you know, if I'm sad, she'll comfort me, like just to see that you can have healthy relationships and that your partner doesn't have to be the only person that satisfies everything. Um, also we hit the jackpot. I don't want to say her name on the podcast. We'll call her Lynn, but we (laughs) hit the ultimate jackpot. She's the coolest woman ever. And the, the fact that I get to have her in my household also helping raise my daughter and seeing the connection that they have. And she's just a wealth of knowledge and so incredibly smart. That's not something that we would have if Mm -hmm. this wasn't something we were engaged in. Like because of that, we have this really awesome opportunity to that's helping grow our daughter Mm -hmm. with someone that's just a top notch human being. So it has its perks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she'll learn not to compartmentalize love. Right, right, you know? right. Well, and, and something we touched on right away, and I kind of gave away a little bit, was that you two have kind of recently kicked down the door to all of this and opened it up to the world. And it sounds like this is a big part of that, right? Is you're, you're open with your daughter about mm-hmm. it. You have another woman living with you. How, I guess, how have you gone about sharing that with the world and how, like, what does the response look like and, and how is it going? 
so initially we wanted to start a family blog. We weren't, it sat stagnant for about a year and we didn't put any momentum behind it because we weren't open about our relationship dynamic. We decided screw this. If we're going to write about ourselves authentically, then we need to live authentically. So we wrote up a blurb, blasted it out on Instagram and Facebook and just, we called our parents first and said, Hey ma, Hey dad, I didn't want you to hear from the internet first. We're, this is us. Told them about our relationship dynamic. And then we did it. The next day we jumped on the gram and blasted out a thing saying, Hey, this is our situation. And it's, it's pretty lengthy, but um, you know, take a look at it if you get, get some time. And we didn't know what to expect from that. You know, we did lose some relationships, including a family member that just couldn't wrap their head around the axle on this. But that was a very small percent of people compared to the overwhelming response right. of support. Like people were reaching out to me that I had no idea were in the lifestyle at all. People are asking me for advice on all of this. And I'm like, whoa, that, I didn't anticipate that. That's really cool. Someone actually wants to hear what I think about this. Yeah, sure. Well, let me tell you how it worked for us. And the more we've done that, it's kind of got this ball rolling right now. And that's really where we sit today is keeping this momentum going, shedding light on something that we think is so beautiful and so misunderstood. It's it's just, you know, the, a lot of the TV shows and stuff don't really show the world that we live in. And so we're hoping to just, like you guys, uh, spread the message and show people this is a possibility. Well, and I, I think when we started doing Bumble, and again, we, we started to kind of expose ourselves little by little, it became hard to keep up with that. Like, who knows? Who doesn't know? Who can I talk about? You know, it's it's almost like hard to, to, to even um, manage it at some point. So I think we got to that point where like, let's just stop managing it. You know, there's, there's no reason that we should have any stress or tension about hiding something that we're just, um, we're proud of. Why are, why are we living in secrecy where we're happy? And I think the more people we meet, the more people we talk to that align with us, we start seeing, you know, like, this is what we want to represent. We don't necessarily want to represent our past. It didn't really, it didn't work. The way we managed our marriage before didn't work. And I think we were actually pretty good at it. Like compared to a lot of traditional marriages, we, we were still pretty badass couple, you know, and we, we hit, you know, rough, rough waters, but we're definitely much happier now. And I think we've just met so many people that are, um, beautiful, intelligent, successful, responsible, very much in love. Like the couples that we've seen in the, in the lifestyle, um, we draw inspiration from again, more than most of our uh, vanilla couple friends. So we just saw this community that just needs exposure and it needs true exposure. So I think we felt like it, it was something that we needed to pioneer. Like we have this blog that we want to get going and you know, we're, we're already kind of like halfway out of the closet. Let's just get all the way out of the closet make a bold statement. And I think since then we've just seen how many people have been curious. You know, there's so many people that have come forth like, well, how do I do this? So it's, it's a lot more normal than I think we realized. And I think that we're just trying to make it, make it more normal and, uh, set a precedent for how it can go. Like we came out, we're happy. Anybody else that wants to do that, you'll be all right. Yeah. And something else that happened was my girlfriend had written a really nice thing about me on Instagram. She did this big long post and she didn't tag me in it or say my name because, you know, she, she lives very openly with her and her husband and she couldn't talk about me in this nice long post that she wrote. 
And I was like, that sucks. That sucks that she's saying such nice things about me and I can't even take credit for it or feel good. She can't even feel good about saying my name because maybe I would be ashamed of it. And I, I thought that sucks. I'm not ashamed of her. I love her. And I want everyone to know that. Like that's, it's that's silly that I'm worried about what other people will think. So that was another thing that mm-hmm. kind of took place prior to us coming out of the closet. Yeah. yeah. You just start to feel badly about things that you shouldn't feel bad about, you know? So I think once we came out, now we can feel good. You know, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have things to feel bad about anymore. Right. Yeah. And I, I would assume like both of you are in a position too, where you're not worried about your careers either, because I know that's a lot of people don't come out because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely not. I mean, I'm a hairstylist and, and part stay at home mom and hairstylist. So, you know, nice thing about hairstylists, we're, we're known to be pretty kooky. So <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's easy for me. Like my, my clients that know they're, they're cool. My only hang up was family. You know, I come from a pretty traditional background and, and I had to be okay with that before coming out. I, I had the conversation with myself many times of what's this going to look like in my family dynamic. There's a a high likelihood that it's going to change how my family sees me. And I love my family, but I'm not going to live by their standards anymore. And I, I've chosen a different family. You know, I, I think you can, choose your family. And if they want to choose me still, then great. And if not, then I think it's kind of nuts (laughs) that my relationship dynamic and the way I decide to, to pursue my love life has anything to do with my family. But, um, I think more than anything, we've given plenty of opportunity for our families to learn about us. We have a blog, we've had conversations. We've, we really paint the picture on our blog. So if, if they don't want to go there and learn a little bit more about us, then um, we're better off having less communication anyway. And with work, I mean, even when I was still in law enforcement, I was basically out. Like all everyone on my team knew. We hadn't made like an announcement, but like all the guys knew what I was up to. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. they just thought I was a weirdo. They were just like, oh, whatever. You're just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I guess I never really cared about how that would impact my work because. I mean, I, I really feel like we are on, and I, I, I'm going to quote here, I'm not going to say his name either, but a good friend of mine said, I think we're on the precipice of a sexual revolution. And I do. I think in the not too distant future, this is going to be normalized mm-hmm. and it's not going to be such a taboo subject. You know, look at just how things have transpired sexually with things, you know, for a long time, homosexuals couldn't be openly homosexual without fearing judgment repercussion and to a degree they still can't of course people are shitty to any anybody but that our lifestyle in particular i i feel like there's been a block on it still a lot of things people are opening their minds to but this in this arena people are still very close-minded and i think we're nearing a a day and age where that's going to start going away Mm -hmm. and it's cool to be sitting here with you guys having this conversation spreading this to who knows how many people. I think that's awesome because it's coming. This is going to be very normal. Mm-hmm. I'm hundred percent confident. This is going to be the way of the future and yeah. people are going to normalize this. The 20 somethings are already like on that trajectory. Yep. You know, any, we go to a lot of music festivals and there's typically, you know, a lot of 18 to 25 year olds that are just wonderful, beautiful, self-aware for how old they are. It's amazing how self-aware some of these people are way and, beyond where I was yeah, at. Yeah. Our, <laughs> our girlfriend is 26 and she knows 
way more about herself than I know about myself at 35. So, um, and, and they're open, you know, they, they totally get it and they don't question it. So it's more kind of, I think breaking the stigma for people our age and older. And, you know, I, I, he, he told me a quote one time that was don't, don't raise your kids like you, like your parents raised you because that world is dead. And it totally resonated with me because like whatever our parents did or whatever they, they taught us, we're kind of breaking that narrative, but our kids are growing up in a different generation completely. So it doesn't make sense for us to not question that, not question what we were taught and create a new, you know, be part of the the next generation. We're not trying to have our four-year-old daughter uh, relate to baby, baby boomers. It's completely different um, world, you know? So I think the generations to come are much more open-minded. I think they're much more accepting and, you know, I I think it's going to work itself out for her. (laughs) I think she's young enough that it's going to be easy and she'll hopefully be secure enough and, and loved enough that, if she comes across any judgment because of the way we live, she'll be like, what do you know? You know? Yeah, right. Right. So, we, we use the word weird a lot. We call yeah. her weird. She calls us weird. And we've taught her that weird is a good thing. Weird is awesome. Yeah. So when, if anybody calls her weird growing up, she'll be like, yeah, I know that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like take that take the power out of it. Take the negative yeah. connotation out of it. I love that. And, <laughs> And and thank you. I mean, for for all the kind words you guys said, and we agree completely that that this is. I think we're getting close to a tipping point, and that, that you know That's we're all what we're trying to do. Too. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. that we're here trying to promote it, and that you guys are jumping on the bandwagon and trying mm-hmm. to promote it. And exactly. And then I mean, I have a couple more questions. I'm sure Emma has a couple more as well. But do you want to say the name of your blog so people who you've said it like ten times that you have a blog and people are probably going to <laughs> and, and we'll put we'll put links to it in the show notes so people can easily go and find it but just so people know who they're talking to. Cool, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, Meet the Mavericks and it's just meetthemavericks.com and really, you know, someone referred one of a, a friend of mine referred to it as a, a swinger blog and I said, dude, that's not at all what it is. Take a look at it. Really, what it is, it's about your everyday suburban family just thinking a little bit differently, just living a little bit outside the box, the way that we parent, the way that we eat, the way that we have relationships, our spiritualism versus religion. Like we're just exploring a lot of different things. We don't profess to have all the answers. We just know what works in our life. And we've met a lot of people who feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we learned that, I was like, okay, let's, let's just put it out there and give people an opportunity to have a voice. Mm -hmm. And you guys took it a step further and literally gave people a voice. So thank you for what you guys do. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, you. thank you. It's about yeah. starting a conversation. So we hope if anybody visits the blog, you know, feel free to interact, engage with us. That's, that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping to re- reach people and identify and align with people. So um, yeah, meet the mavericks.com maverick, like top gun <laughs> maverick and goose. Um, and then also <laughs> we have uh, Instagram is meet the mavericks and Facebook, yeah. all the same. Yeah, all the things. All the and things we'll, are Mavericks. And we'll put links to all of it so yeah. people don't have to be furiously writing this down. As <laughs> I would say, because they're driving to work, but we know that's not happening <laughs> right now. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I have a couple more questions, but I'm sure you have at least. Go ahead. Why do you want to find out about their bloopers? I, well, yeah, but I was leaving for you to. <laughs> well, that's go ahead. To... That's one of my questions. <laughs> that's one of your questions. That's one of my questions. <laughs> okay. Do you have a blooper or 
funny story where basically showing that these adventures don't always go as planned and that's okay. <laughs> yes. We have lots of them. We Let me think of, of what, what's going to be fitting right now. Here's a lesson learned. We, we always say we never had bad experiences. We had learning experiences. And uh, <laughs> one time, we this was very early on, we learned that regardless of how much chat you're having with some people, um, it's probably best to meet them face-to-face somewhere other than your home for the first time. <laughs> because the people we were chatting with, and you know how chats are, it gets hot and heavy. You're talking about you're sharing nudes and you're sending each other videos, doing stuff to each other and you're getting all turned on. It's going to be so awesome when we hang out. I can't wait to do this and that. Well, so there's, there's people say no expectations. Give me a break. There's like, if you've been having that kind of chat, when you hang out, you're kind of expecting it to go away, right? Like you've kind of communicated and sent nudes of yourself. Like you probably said, I want to fuck you. There's a little bit of an expectation. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's just like a taboo word. Everyone, everyone says no expectations. Get out of here. There's to a degree, there's an expectation. Anyway, the people showed up at our house and they just didn't look at all like the photos that we had gotten. <laughs> mild, still mildly attractive, just really disheveled. Yeah. I mean, the guy looked like he tugged on the neck of his shirt really hard. There's some mustard stains on it. And my wife's a 10. I'm like, bro, if you're going to show up to my house and you want to meet my beautiful wife, put your best game on, right? So I was disappointed in that whatever fast forward we get to the point where we're out in the jacuzzi and we're kind of we're going to do this thing we, we didn't really know how to uninvite people at that point and and we this wouldn't was early on this too. was very early on let me just say that one more time this wouldn't happen now this was we're really new navigating this stuff we don't know what we're doing we didn't really have a contingency plan for telling people we're yep. not interested anymore now that we've so seen we're gonna it. go through with it <laughs> yeah, so. you're here we're gonna go through with it at one point i was sitting on the edge of the jacuzzi the girl was giving me a blowjob directly across from me was Aubrey who was sitting on the edge of the jacuzzi and the guy was going down on her. And I wasn't looking at her first because my, I was in so much pain because it felt like (laughs) my dick was in a blender. It was not a good one. And I was just wincing in pain and I look up and my eyes meet Aubrey's and she's doing the same thing. (laughs) And so simultaneously we're both getting the worst oral of our lives and i'm like okay let's let's <laughs> go in, let's go let's switch let's go inside <laughs> go inside and just had some horrible awkward sex where i actually faked an orgasm first time in my life just because i wanted it to be over which was really fun for me to watch because it was happening and i'm like what okay let me tell you why she was watching though she <laughs> finishes in maybe two minutes well, I'm just getting started. So now her and the guy are done. Not two minutes, maybe five. It was five or 10. It was short. Yeah. They get up, they go to the kitchen while I'm still doing my thing in the living room with this, the other girl. And I'm really trying to get in the zone because I'm not really turned on, but I'm like, okay, we're here. I'm having sex with someone new. This is fun. And then I hear, and I look up and they're chewing on mouthfuls of ruffles, just grinding on potato chips. And all I can hear is the crunching and I'm starting to lose, starting to lose it. I'm not staying in the game. And so I quickly had an orgasm. <laughs> On demand. That's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. And we didn't hang out with them again. No. No. Lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think that's a fair point too, right? In, in the appearances, right? And it's, it's not necessarily the weight or any of that. It's the, if you're going to meet somebody, at least 
put on a clean shirt, right? Like at the very least you could put on a clean shirt. Well, and it's also like presenting who you really are because people are attracted to all kinds of different things and different people. And in, you can be like, people are going to find you attractive no matter who you are, but some people will and some people won't. And that's just the way it is. And so like, just represent yourself who the way you actually are. For sure. Yeah. And I actually have a really broad spectrum of what I'm attracted to. I'm I'm attracted to heavy set people. I'm attracted to skinny. I'm attracted to a lot. Mm-hmm. I really I really do see the beauty in most people. I think what is rubs me the wrong way is when people just misrepresent themselves mm-hmm. when they sell you on something and then they're not that thing. Mm-hmm. Now I have no problem calling people out. I've had people lie about their age. People show up not looking like they were described in photos, and I'll just tell them, "Hey, you shouldn't do that." It doesn't help your situation to like get us here, right? And now I have to learn face to face that you're not what you, how you um, presented yourself. yourself. And effort is something too, you know. Regardless of like physical attraction, there's an attraction of effort, and there should be some anticipation. So if you're anticipating meeting these couple, this couple or these people under the, you know, like you said, expectation or hope that this is going to turn into a play situation. Again, it wouldn't be where we are now because I don't think we assume we're going to play ever. Like that's not, that's just not even what we're looking for. But if it's going to lead into a play dynamic, I would like somebody to show up with like a little bit of gusto, you know, like I want this to be a good time. If you show up like you've been doing construction all day, then I'm going to assume you're probably tired and you would rather just like sit and watch a movie, you know? So it's just not appealing to me if somebody doesn't show up. You know, it has less to do with even the physical attraction and more with the like the effort put into it. Yeah. You know, I I get ready if I'm going to go on a date or something. It, it it doesn't have anything to do with my makeup or my hair or my outfit. It's just getting myself ready, getting my energy, yeah. my 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 sexual prowess ready. So you yeah. know, these people showed up kind of went <laughs> where. Yeah, and I think it's and it almost it, it leaps from you know say there's no expectations to an assumption right that like we're all swingers i can wear whatever i want i can show up however i want and because we're swingers we're going to do it and mm-hmm. and it takes away that like the excitement piece of like there's a little bit of the the dance still like i got dressed up you got dressed up we're gonna like it's not just like this like walk in like oh we know why we're here we're gonna just do it like it's, <laughs> yeah it's like, well that's part of the fun of it right exactly yeah. so it's a it's yeah. a it's a totally valid point and and i think I think there's probably a lot of people nodding vigorously. (laughs) I I also crack up when, when the other, the male counterpart of a couple approaches me and wants like the inside scoop, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, she's not really talking about how do I, to me, that's just comical. I'm like, you're going to ask me how to deal with her. If you can't figure that out, see ya. (laughs) I I only want her to be happy. I don't care what you are. Right. So, Uh, figure it out, ask her, talk to her, just like you're talking to me. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We, I think we, we have quite a few bloopers. I'm trying to think of what, we have some funny stories. Dickum, but maybe that's not. Okay. Yeah. I got another one. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I don't <laughs> care. Sure. I'll tell it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're in Vegas with our tribe. There's about 12 of us. We're all in the living room. Things are popping off where everyone is having fun. Like with our tribe, literally pretty much everyone is attracted to everyone else and we all vibe. So it's just a menagerie of awesomeness everywhere you look. Like people are connecting. At one point, things are popping off. Aubrey's in front of me. 
She's giving a good friend of mine <laughs> a blowjob. Uh, let me rewind. Whenever Aubrey and I are having sex, if she's got gum in her mouth, she'll usually take it out of her mouth and just stuff it in mine if she needs to use her mouth for anything. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. All right. Talk to the story. Talk to the story. She's giving... Um, I keep almost saying names. She's giving my friend a blowjob. And I'm just sitting there happily watching her do this because she's so good at it and it's turning me on. I'm just sitting there minding my own business off to the side watching. And I see her <laughs> kind of come off, look at the tip of his dick, grab something with her fingers. And before I know what the hell's going on, her fingers are in my mouth <laughs> and there's gum in my mouth. <laughs> and while this is happening, I'm making eye contact with him. He's looking down at me because I'm sitting on the floor. And his face is in shock. He's like, no way. <laughs> Aubrey, what are you doing? And she goes, what? I said, did you just take gum off the tip of his dick and put it in my mouth? And she goes, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Other people in the room are like, what happened? I'm like, she took gum off his dick, put it in my mouth. So everyone starts laughing. All the guys lose their boners. <laughs> completely I slayed the room. Slayed an orgy. Yeah. yeah. Single-handedly, I slayed. The entire orgy, but it was right. fun. Of course, got got things ramped up again, but yeah. it was just funny. Yeah. But it was funny also because I have this alter ego called Barb that is known for doing stuff like that. Like things can be really sexy, everybody's vibing, and then I'll do a dick a dick gum kind of thing and slay the boners. So we have a ton of Barb stories, but <laughs> that'll be our spinoff podcast. Yeah. <laughs> barb, yeah. So, so our friends will be like, "Oh, there's Barb." Yeah. <laughs> that that's one of the top, definitely top five bloopers. <laughs> that's great. I know. <laughs> I love that. Well, because you you just was a reflex for you, probably. Yeah, really. I just needed the gum gone, and I figured Jason wanted fresh <laughs> breath, so. <you> know. <laughs> We're all friends here. I didn't even think about it. It was so automatic for me. And then when I saw, when I saw his face, his eyes were so wide open. I was like, oh, I did something. And then he told me, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I laughed hysterically. I didn't think about it at all. I, still I love it. I love it. I'm sure I, love you, it I don't care. It's, it's whatever. I don't care. It was just funny that it literally came off the tip of his dick right into my mouth. <laughs> the beauty of it though is like, to find ourselves in a situation where we're like 12 people that are just having a great time and we can go into something like that where we're all like cracking yeah. up and then just go right back into it just means like we're just in good company and we're having a good time. And yeah. <laughs> there's the, nobody's stressed. You can yeah. laugh about those things and, and move on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Uh, that's, that's the dream right there to be able to <laughs> be doing that have a hilarious moment and then be able to transition back into it. Even if it takes a few minutes, it's that's, <laughs> that's the right people to be hanging out. Oh with, yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Do you have more questions? You alluded to the fact that you have more. I have one more, but it's, it's, it's one we've never asked. Okay. Go for and it. Then we can wrap <laughs> it up. It's more of a funny question than anything. Okay. So you, you, you said early on, you had your, your Island list of celebrities. Who is your top podcasters that you want to have sex with? <laughs> There's really only one ant. No, I'm just cake. I think you're question. right up there at the top. Why yeah. do you think we wanted to come on the podcast? The exactly. Podcast? No, that yeah. was just a, I was going to have you go down the list to like 50 if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, thank you. Thank you both. I mean, it was awesome. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to get out in the world and we'll give you the chance to do that and we'll let you get some, some sleep. Um, I'll let you touch on whatever you want to touch on. I just wanted to say if anybody, including you guys wanted to go and read a little bit more on our blog, I know that the, the format, like we're just having a discussion here and because we've been doing this for a few years, we might be jumping all over the place. I don't know how linear our story has been because we're just sharing our experiences, but um, our blog has a little bit more comprehensive, like kind of the same things we were talking about here. Um, we break a lot of that down um, on our blog too. So if anything didn't make sense here, there might be some more that makes sense pertaining to our story on our blog. And that's not just to promote the blog it's just to make sense of our, no. if we have anything confusing. No, no, right? no, it's perfect. Primarily on my part. He's, yeah. he's very well-spoken. I'm kind of a basket case. So yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah we, we love Q and A's that that's a lot of fun for me. So yeah. anybody that wants to reach out, I love it. We'll probably write an article on it. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, again, I already said it once, but thank you guys so much for doing this. You know, it, it takes a lot of your time and um, you guys are obviously passionate about it. You have a, a good product. I like your site. Um, you're asking good questions. I get a good vibe about you. So mm-hmm. thanks for, thanks for putting yourselves out there also yeah. and giving us an opportunity to have have a floor and be able to talk about this. Right. Yeah. Just to, to be able to kind of pursue our personal goals through you right now is just something that we're, we're super grateful for. And it's just been awesome talking to you guys anyway, you know, I think we forgot that we're on a podcast. So oh yeah, that's the whole goal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now we're going to start recording. Uh, so well, that's no, very sweet. And yeah, yeah we're you. just so happy that you reached out and that we made this happen and we could help promote the work you're trying to do as well. Yeah. And you weren't all over the place. I actually think we were I think fairly awesome. linear. So it, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> awesome. uh, it all made sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again. Have a wonderful evening. And it was it was great to chat. And I hope we get to do it again soon. Absolutely. Likewise. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. And we're back. Thank you so much for Aubrey and Jason for reaching out to us and coming on the show and for being as open and authentic as you are. It's amazing. And I'm so excited to share your story. Yeah. If you haven't already, go check out their blog and see what they're writing about, see what they're sharing and putting out in the world. You will not be disappointed. Next week. Next week. It is a big week for us. It's it's our two-year anniversary. Two years. I can't believe we've been doing this for two years, but it's amazing. That's what she said. <laughs> we have an interview with Carrie and Jack, and they have an incredible story, as always. So come back and listen in a week. And we will let you go with that. Again, check us out, normalizingnonmonogamy.com for anything you ever wanted to know. And remember to stick around after we stop talking here for a little bonus clip with a little Jason and Finn action. (laughs) A couple of cowboys. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I actually have a a little analogy where I compare... A lot of the things that I learned on the SWAT team, I, I apply in our relationship. Um, things like a debrief. So anytime that we engage in something with another couple, or she, if I go on a date, she goes on a date, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we always do what I call a debrief because on the SWAT team, you know, we'd go handle a mission, whether it was like a hostage situation or a high risk warrant, whatever it was. And we'd get everybody together at the end of it. 
and have a really honest conversation. We tell each other, if somebody screwed up, you let them know they screwed up. And um, it was all so that in the future, it would go better. Yeah. And so anytime we have you know, some interaction in the lifestyle, we do a debrief and we talk about what worked, what didn't work, what we liked, what we didn't like, all the things. And then right. uh, another little analogy, I was, a, I was an explosive breacher on the team. So I made a lot of our charges to blow stuff up. And it was a lot of fun. It's it's fun working with explosives. It's also really dangerous, right? Because you yeah. blow yourself up. But there's a series of steps and protocols you go through when you're doing that that actually makes it incredibly safe. It's only unsafe if you're skipping steps and getting relaxed with it. But as long as you're following the protocols that you've set in place, it's completely safe. Yeah. Lifestyle can be the same way. It's very volatile. So, you know, so if you just jump into this willy nilly and you don't have a set of protocols for yourself, you might blow up, you know, and then blowing up, that could be your relationship. Yeah. But you follow the steps. It's actually a really safe. As long as you have a good foundation, it's a really safe thing to do when both yeah. people have an understanding of how to communicate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I loved the, you, you talked about, so I don't know if um, being that you've been in law enforcement, you, have you read or heard of the book, never split the difference by Chris Voss? No. Uh, so he was the uh, FBI's like lead international terrorist negotiator for like 20 years. And so he wrote a book about ne- like handling negotiations. And one of the tactics that he talks about, I, I think he calls it grounding, basically grounding the conversation. And basically the, like a good example would be like, if it's in a, a boardroom or something, right. And you would come in and you'd say, we're going to have a tough conversation by the end of this. You're going to think I'm the worst general contractor that's ever walked, but here, and you, you basically set these expectations ahead of time. And Mm -hmm. it basically lets the, it basically gives the person a chance to basically say like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that about you, but I could see how you would think that. And it really diffuses a situation before it ever happens. And and that's exactly what you were saying, where you're like, Mm -hmm. you, you laid the groundwork before the conversation even happened. And it's, it's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I would even take it a step further. And we often talk about how to fight when we're not fighting. And that way, when we have a fight, it's actually kind of silly because we're, we start getting annoyed with each other and we can be like, Hey, <laughs> let's try that thing we talked about. Or we just start applying it without even saying that we just start applying. Hey, in this last conversation, you told me when I start interrupting you or raising my voice that upsets you. So I'm aware of that now and I'm going to try not to do that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I'm excited to continue talking. Let me go. Let me go see what's going on here. I'll be right back. Give me two seconds.